to Be Invoice Podcast. My name is Petru Conduraro and I'm glad to have you here. I'm a civil engineer living and working in Norway since 2014 and I'm passionate about building information modeling. I truly believe change is necessary and inevitable in our industry. To implement faster, better and less costly ways of working, digital transformation is vital and everyone involved must stop just talking about implementing BIM and actually do it. And what way to do it better than just to learn from the ones who have done it in the past or are doing it right now? Hello and welcome to a new episode of the BIM Voice podcast. Today we have with us someone with over 18 years of experience in the construction industry. He started at here in 2013 as a BIM manager and now he is the head of BIM for the construction division. Outside of here, he is part of the UK BIM Alliance executive team. From the United Kingdom, welcome Andy Bottle. Hello, Petru. Thank you for, for, for having me along. Nice to meet you. Likewise, it's an honor to have you here. Yes, uh, thanks. Honor to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what are you doing? Um, well, I think, I think you've introduced me pretty well, to be honest. I haven't got much more to add. Um, obviously, yeah, no, I, uh, Andy, uh, UK-based, um, yeah, day job uh, is Keir, as you've said, um, coming up to seven years now at Keir. Um, and yeah, I've, I suppose I've worked in a number of capacities. My background's actually mechanical engineering. Um, so I started industry in, project, in the project engineering role, uh, mechanical services, uh, always used to also have a hand in CAD and, and you know started on the drawing board. Um, so that that was kind of my background, and then and then somehow ended up in in a in a authoring role in Revit um, for a consultancy. I used to work for Atkins before Keir, and then moved to Keir uh, to focus on the sort of the BIM and the information management side of things. Um, so so it probably ended up in a BIM role more more luck than judgment, but I'm quite pleased because it's something that does. Um, yeah, it's, the, it's just the right thing. It's, it's the right direction to take take things, and, and, I, and I believe in you know what, what we're trying to do globally with this movement and digital transformation. So, yes. What about the uh, UK Beam Alliance? Uh, how much time uh, do you use in this? Uh, so the alliance. So, so it's interesting. So the alliance is a voluntary role. Um, so no, no one's paid for their time um which is why it's um i suppose it makes it unique and and uh, yeah it's probably a frustration but also a positive because it, it needs multiple lots of different people from industry leaning into it and, and and volunteering their time to try and help things along um and and of course it's 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 beneficial i suppose as an individual as well because you're learning from from colleagues and and, and it's, it's quite a nice environment to uh, to work in time wise um i probably spend it obviously it varies doesn't it but i'd say half a day a week perhaps um so and, and again kira quite good because they um informally allow me to do that because they see a benefit of of me you know working in that capacity and and, and bringing the things that that i learned back back into kira so yeah but it, it's by peaks and troughs i suppose I see. What is the mission of uh, UK BIM Alliance? So, yeah, the sim in the simplest terms, uh, to drive BIM to business as usual. So, we, we, we yeah, we want we want to up the 
you know the capacity and the baseline of of industries. So, you know, it's not always seen as oh, this additional thing that we're having to do because you know if client requests it, then we can then start delivering it. No, let's all just start to work this way. You know, this is this is how we deliver projects. Yes, you still need the client pool, but you know we work to these processes and standards typically by default because it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? So that's the mission. Um, and probably the mission started, well, the, the Alliance was formed back in 2016, uh, soon after the UK's government mandate came in um, because it was seen that, yeah, the government had delivered their piece and the standards and all of that, but there's a recognition that we were far from where we wanted to be and it was, you know, we're, we're quite far from business as usual. Our, our initial goal at the Alliance was something to a flag in the sand, if you like, was to, you know, we'll aim for 2020 business as usual, but it became quite apparent very soon that that was, you know, a crazy target. And of course, here we are now and we're still, yeah, we're making progress, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you think is that? Why are we struggling or what are you struggling actually? What are the um, biggest challenges here? Change, isn't it? Change in this culture, um, yeah, we, we, we all struggle. It's a very slow industry to adapt and embrace new ways of working. And it's very complex as well. So many different uh, actors in the, in, the, in the mix, aren't there, and, and roles. And, it, and it, you know, the supply chain is vast. Um, and uh, it's, you're only as good as the weakest link on a project level, aren't you? So, you know, and it's really hard to get that consistent buy-in, understanding um, skill set. Um, so, so yes, it's, it's, it's a long journey, isn't it? Um, and there's there's quite a lot of barriers, I suppose, and blockers, um, which we could probably go into all day. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, the people piece. Um, Technology's not exactly as as easy it could, as it could be. Information exchanges, open standards, all of that. You know, it's all good stuff, but it's. It's just not easy for people, and that's the probably one of the biggest blockers I think currently. Yeah, no, not everybody understands how they can use this, leverage this in their favor, Absolutely. and they don't understand why they can just continue doing the way they did it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it might be, uh, yeah, more effective or not. Not only that, but uh, yeah, we are. There are many elements in this process, like they don't yeah. use at all uh, yeah. or uh, the dig digitalization has such very very little or not at all right and we are like this is one of the reasons why our industry it's lagging behind right because we are yeah. a little bit too conservative maybe to change absolutely yeah and and and, and you, can, you can you can understand it to a point can you the, the really low tight margins um so yeah it, it really takes almost a leap of faith doesn't it to sort of invest and do something different it's because there's it's always balanced with risk um yeah but i think yeah there's there's there's, there's plenty of drivers now and, and legislation and and things like that that we've got the momentum i think certainly in the uk and, and you see it around the globe don't you um just a slow process exactly how you said it uh, like uh, we are uh, as good as the weakest link in the chain because this yeah. is one of the very important things in in beam right like yeah. adopting beam adopting this mindset uh, that 
we need to work together. We need to be transparent. Yeah. And this is not something that has been practiced in our industry. Absolutely. And yeah. that is, that's it's maybe one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you go back a little bit, what is your understanding or your definition of BIM? Oh. <laughs> I, bet, I bet everyone you ask has a different one. Um, and this is interesting, isn't it? Um, I mean, sim simpler, in the simplest way, obviously, it's a, it's a process for defining, creating and exchanging um, structured data and documents, isn't it? In, in, a, in a repeatable process. Um, I suppose the simplest definition, and you hear lots of them, I actually don't, the one from ISO 19650 isn't, you know, it's not completely plain language to someone picking up fresh, but it's, it's, as, it's as good as any of them. Um, I can't rattle that off the top of my head at the moment, but yeah, fundamentally it's, it's trying to improve information management, isn't it? Modern day information management, uh, repeatable standards in a process and utilizing technology to, to, to manage that. Um, and get better outcomes. Exactly, exactly. And uh, at all levels, not only as uh, engineers or designers or uh, builders yeah. or suppliers. Yeah. Uh, there are uh, maybe parties that fare better than others. And I think, I don't know, this is, my, uh, I, this is how I perceive this. Like the biggest challenge is for the owners, for the asset managers actually to buy in this process. And yeah. uh, that is slowing down the process a lot because they are the ones paying for this. And if yes. they don't want to pay to to stimulate the the improvement, yeah, then uh, then it's difficult to 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 get things further, right? Uh, absolutely right. Yeah, and and it's this is this is a term that's banded about here quite a lot. Um, it, you know, it's procuring for value, isn't it? As opposed to procuring for best price, because uh, best or cheapest price doesn't. It? You know, that's it's that trying to change the short-term view and, and and thinking, isn't it, into a longer one? Which again, of course, is difficult because it, a lot of this stuff, you're, you're, it's really tricky to measure it and prove the case against. This is how you used to do it. Against this is how it um, could be done. Um, it's mm. it's hard for people to probably buy into that isn't there but yeah 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 sure but i think it's uh it's everything starts from misunderstanding like you said like there are it's so complete misunderstanding of beam of everything yeah. implies or involved with beam because there are there is no clear definition of it we have so many understandings and i think yeah. this is one of the reasons i started this podcast to try to help with that to clarify a little bit and yeah. to be easier for someone, yeah, BIM is this, or BIM is not this, or uh, uh, to try at least to to uh, clarify how we should not think of BIM. Like, for example, the easiest thing coming to my mind is like, BIM is not just a 3D model, which I've seen yeah. a lot. It's uh, it's a lot of uh, people that understand, that see this BIM like this. But yeah. apart from that, there is like, if I think only financially wise, you know what's weird? Because like you said, people like asset owners focus mm. on the shorter term and they say they, they look for the better best price, right? But mm. best price to get the project done, they I think they miss something very important here. They miss the the longest span of yeah. uh, the life cycle of the building, which is using yeah. it. Like the 90% of it, right? And if you have bad quality of data, 
it, yeah. it's this, this is there where the price the maintenance price and the lifetime price of a building it's sky yeah. skyrocket skyrocketing right Absolutely, and when yeah. instead to have a very very good quality of data that you can use very easily in that yeah. uh, in that so it, of course it will cost you a little bit more to invest to design it better to build it yeah. better and have everything you need to have it running easily right but after yeah. that you will save lots and lots of money on yeah. on the life absolutely no, no no nail on the head and that's probably again the miss I think I think what puts people off is probably to 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 properly plan and you know the process and get the right you know scope in the information requirements is obviously the bit that that's often the bit that we see that that you know fundamentally fails and of course if that first piece fails then you're not going to get the information if you can't describe what you want to your your supply chain your you know in whatever capacity then and you can't then check and uh, if you're getting that correct information then that obviously it's going to fail from the start but you, yeah no you're absolutely right uh, i think it's a uh, uh, like the focus is too much on getting the building done like mm. after that yeah you you completed your mission but it's yeah. only then where it started because then your customers real customers start using it right yeah so like uh, it's something like a mistake i did uh, I'm not very proud about myself, but I did when I when I finished university. I I thought like yes, now I do, I'm done with learning. Uh, yeah, I'm yes, right. and I I, I, <laughs> I I thought about that like for a few years. I just yeah, and now I just work. I work. I don't need to learn anything more. Yeah. And this few Always years learned. ago, when I discovered, oh my God, this is the purpose of life. Actually, like yeah. you need to be learning all the time if you want to imp improve yourself or, or to grow as a person or as a society or as a planet yeah. as a race right so this yeah. is we need to learn all the time and yeah. i kind of this of uh, this kind of mindset is i've seen it I, I, it's easy for me to make a like a, to see it this way so i think the um yeah like, this is funny isn't it i know again i assume i don't know it's certainly in the uk obviously the 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 you know, the, the, the drive for BIM and, and the implementation started with the design and construction as opposed to the operations. We, you know, in, in hindsight, wouldn't it be, the, like you said, the need should have come from that owner-operator piece or the operational phase and then would then drive the, the design and construction. But I suppose it naturally, yeah, it naturally started that way. But then, then now we're almost trying to, you know, spin it backwards. So um, we, we generate that, that, that demand, isn't it, and that realisation that, the information is incredibly important and uh, yeah like you said I, I in terms of the operational phase of an asset which is however many years shaving those little efficiencies off and, and getting that good information better decisions um really will start to pay dividends but yeah and i think some some clients certainly understand that over here there are quite a few others there's there's a there's a bit of a mixed bag um, up and down supply chain. Yeah, like now, like yeah. in 2020, right? But yeah. you you started working with Vim in 2013. What was like in 2015 the mindset like? And you say like right now we still have the struggles, right? Uh, and I'm I'm just guessing some of the struggles is like even if you have owners that require uh, a just overnight adopted Vim manual or Vim standard, what's yeah. happening there? Because uh, the contractors own won't respect that it, they they don't give uh, nothing uh, yeah. about that they just yeah. do it because <laughs> be, 
because the owner won't have the competency or uh, someone with experience to check that things, those things, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's I definitely see change since since then. Um, but are there reoccurring failures? Absolutely. <laughs> um, a, a lot of a lot of it, like you said, is down to. Um, Well, a lot of it I see is down to you know leadership, certainly at uh, both a project and business level. If if you've got someone, you know, if, if uh, the project leadership gets it, they don't necessarily need to understand it in its detail, but they get that we need to do this stuff and it's important, and it's important the project team embrace it and work with it, and I'll, I'll back whoever those specialists are to you know what they're saying to to get it done. Then then it's good. Um, but if you don't have that, then Yeah, the, the wheels soon come off, uh, and I've I've lived on a number of projects where the similar things happened, um, and, and it's kind of yeah, it's pe people driven, isn't it? Like all of these things, and if if it's not backed by the right people, then as soon as the going gets a bit tough, and and uh, yeah, it's the first thing to to go out the window, and we'll revert back to traditional methods. Designers uh, maybe fare better with the technology; they try to adopt it earlier and such. But we still need to, like, I think we still think too much of the engineering part and we yeah. still need to brush out our interpersonal skills to yes. be able to, to convey better why, what are the, the winnings or why are the reasons for, for the, the owners to do this yeah. change. I think yeah. we still, because I, I think we, uh, we, we know best, like we are best informed because yeah. we use most of these tools, but we still Maybe we are not even in, uh, incentivized. We don't have enough reasons to do it. Maybe it's good for us as well to to get more hours as consultants or such. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but uh, I think it's it's uh, it's there where uh, it's us who should find uh, uh, more ways and better ways to educate the owners yeah. and the asset managers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And well, I mean, I can say over here we've got um, certainly the UK BIM Alliance, um, another, and we've got Centre Center for Digital Built Britain as well, um, Construction Innovation Hub, all of these these industry um, bodies that are trying to basically yeah drive that that agenda. Not not just on the BIM side, but you know, modern methods of construction. Um, another thing, and there's um, there's quite a lot of focus on on you know, owner operators, clients, uh, whether it's gathering a group of, of uh, sector clients together to, to help that conversation, um, you know, start to drive, de deliver templates for sector-specific requirements. Um, although we're, we're, all, we're, we're always a bit nervous about templates at the moment. Um, they, can be, they can be good and they can be bad, <laughs> depending exactly. on how they're used. But, um, yeah. um, so so there, there, yeah, there's, there's an absolute recognition of that. And that's the, certainly I think the, I feel like that's the focus over here at the moment is... Um, It's tr yeah, trying to trying to nail that that piece exactly as you said. Yeah, it there is no denial, like it's not everything bad. It's no denial yeah. in the progress. Like the last yeah. two or three years or uh, the last 12 months, I've seen tremendous improvements all over yeah. the places. Yeah. And especially right now, I think even if lots of businesses are struggling with Corona, uh, yeah, of course, but yeah. it pushes us. Further, it challenged us to a level to try to think smarter, to think more innovative than before. Yeah, and absolutely. And this is accelerates everything. Like 
like uh, with the webinars and everything right else right because the yeah. meetings it's it's it takes more years maybe for uh, more people to attend to this but with webinars more people yeah. have access to everything and they yeah. can update themselves uh, quicker i think uh, yes one of the positive things to come out of this like you said is is the you know it's, it has absolutely forced people to embrace technology in some shape or form even if it's just online meetings yeah. um, i mean I, i know that one of the last days before lockdown when i was in the office that you know the the the, the the buzz around like people running around going show me how to use teams you know like oh, i've got a meeting coming up and you know we've been trying to honestly we've been trying to drive you know microsoft teams and shit and all of that sort of stuff for probably 18 months in the business where and, and obviously people who are switched on or to it or, or a bit keen to know will will do it but other people are like that and then it's all the all the people like that before were now going help how do i use teams i've got a meeting coming up with a client and You know, if nothing else is is driven that um, some agile working, um, and and you'd hope it does all lean positively, doesn't it? To the oh, oh, actually, hold on, I can access this thing called a common data environment and go and retrieve some information and share it with a a team member. Um, oh, I kind of get this now. Um, so, so you hope a lot of those trends will, 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 will yeah, percolate into what what we're trying to drive, isn't it? As a on our side of things, so. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's going to be difficult for everybody who's seen. I think most of us have seen the value in this, and even if there there are still value in other kind of meetings, of course, but it's going to be used more than before. Of course, these yeah. digital tools, and this is the same leap of faith we did also for for uh, for the tools we need to help implementing BIM and yeah. use use this concept, right? Um, is United uh, UK uh, Beam Alliance has something to do with uh, smart uh, building smart? Is there any yeah. co-working or a partnership? Yeah, so, um, yep. So, so the UK and Ireland chapter of Building Smart is is effectively part of the alliance. Um, UK Beam Alliance. So that previously it were, they were two separate um, entities, but it, yeah, it kind of made perfect sense. Um, That it became one one entity. If I'm, yeah. Um, so so yeah. So there's absolute. So so our vice chair, um, chap called Casey Rutland for UK BIM Alliance, is also chair of Building Smart UK and Ireland now. Um, so there's a absolute synergy. You know the yeah the the, the two. It's one organisation with two strands effectively, um, which is quite nice. So so yeah. There's there's. I mean, do you want me to explain a little bit about the alliance, how it's structured then? That helps. Um, so, uh, so we got any, obviously an exec committee, um, and we try not to. It's not about that at all. We, we are trying to. I say we're volu- everyone's volunteers, and we're trying to really work across industry, um, across silos. So institutions, professional institutions, organisations. Um, what we've realised we're not about is certainly we don't want to create yes another thing over here that's another work you know we want to work across all of these current organizations and support and, and learn um so we so we we're organized into uh, an engagement arm very much what it says engagement with industry so under that we have a number of community groups um regional around the uk that put on events i think we were talking about it just before the call um those those have moved online at the moment and like you said reaching a wider audience Um, we've got an affiliate program to to work with those institutions, trade associations, and really trying to get 
consistent messaging spread really widely. Uh, I think that's one thing Elias does quite well um, is, as we all know, there's a, there's a bit of a bubble in terms of BIM and digital and, and people will, who are interested will turn up to events and get the messaging. But what about the majority of the people that maybe aren't interested or don't have the inclination or the understanding? How the hell do you reach them? And that's the, the bit where we think partnering with some of these institutions that have massive memberships um, you know, even if we can just can we can we send a monthly newsletter, some information that goes out to all of your members, um, and then lo and behold, they they're actually starting to get consistent messaging and and, and all of that good stuff. Um, and there's a number of other things under engagement, but I will just touch on that. So, and then there's an implementation arm that that looks to um, commission projects. And when I say projects, it could be like any initiative suggested by someone from industry um, who says, "Joe." Yeah, I work in this capacity. One of the missing things for me, and one of the real barriers is there's, I don't know, there's not a bit of guidance on this or what's the best practice for doing that. Um, could we create some, some um, whatever it is, that, you know, a report or something, or the business case, um, so we can then help commission those projects and then deliver them, you know, in partnership with, with organisations and individuals. So... I think it's having a good impact. Probably one of the, the most successful projects currently is the guidance to ISO 9650 we've got over here. Um, so that's generally being received really well. Um, it's, again, a, a, quite a large number of people leaning into it in terms of um, authors. Uh, so practitioners coming in, I'll write a piece on the common data environment, for example, I'll write a piece on information management function, et cetera, et cetera, information requirements. Um, that then gets peer-reviewed by, um, you know, again, a, a number of people from industry, gets published, people can feedback from industry if they say, well, actually what you're saying here's a load of rubbish, well, that doesn't quite work, and it just you know, gets, gets um, reiterated and regurgitated. So with an idea that um, you know, there's, there's a single set of guidance for the UK or whoever else wants to use it, rather than, which we saw with back in the, the um, 1192 days of, of uh, the 1192 UK standards where different organisations are writing different interpretations of guidance. So there's all this conflicting ways of doing things uh, which didn't help. So that's a kind of lesson learned from the UK where we're trying to really nail that, that side of things. Yeah, like uh, about this with uh, different uh, institutions writing different understanding. This, yeah. If you just search, just Google for BIM and read the 10 first pages you see there yeah. and read the description. And exactly. After that, tell me if you, if you can summarize into something or if you find two similar yeah. ones. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's something that uh, it's not, uh, it's not very good. Yeah. But, mm, uh, but uh, like uh, from... Um, idealist perspective of someone who wants to see beam at work like full time 100% like from from the owner planning and using it again right yeah from a stand from that standpoint where do you think we are today like how far are we like how how much percent of that do we comply with today <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a big yeah. question, that is. Uh, yeah, God, I, I wouldn't even like to say. I mean, uh, I mean, what I, what I see in my capacity, I suppose, is supply chain to a point, and then obviously we're, yeah, and then, and then certain clients. Um, I think 
I think there's an understanding um, with certain clients of actually getting the information correct and, and procured right and, and received. There's probably still a bit of a gap or, or, or work to do in terms of how, like you said, how do we actually, once we've got this information and we don't, we're not getting, you know, big lever arch files or CD-ROMs of old school O&M manuals with PDFs all over the place, we're actually getting some structured information and we can get it into our CAFM system and great, you know, we've, we've got that decent digital handover, then how, how do we manage this, you know, really well in a common data environment in the operational phase, um, linking to all the other, you know, multitude of systems that um, owner-operators have. Um, there is, I mean, there's, I don't even pretend to, to understand it all, but it's, it's, if anything, it's more complex than the design and construction side, isn't it? They've got all sorts of systems for managing spaces. Um, of course. But see, um, you know, you know all, all of these other systems, facilities management, asset management. Um, so, yeah, connecting and, again, digitizing that, that state of information and making it work well together and, and importantly being able to reuse stuff isn't it I think one of the uh, you know used to see the amount of money that's spent on surveying and resurveying isn't it um, right we want yeah, we want to go and build an, another if it's a school extension or something like that the first thing that's done is right well we don't actually know the whether our information is currently correct that we've got on record so let's go and pay for a survey to go and yeah, build up the information again. So try, trying to stamp that that piece out, I suppose, and make it efficient is is the challenge. But I think I think it's getting there. And again, there's lots of work going on here. And actually, there's a, there's an initiative going on um, with CDBB in terms of the interoperability side of things. Um, and one of the streams under that is looking at the um, you know, that's information model, common data environment. What does that look like? What's the best practice for that? So I think things like that will help. But it, yeah, we, we've, we haven't cracked it, have we? By any means, the imagination yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, it's, a, it's also difficult to quantify this. It's, it, it's, maybe it was a trap uh, question. It's not fair to ask something questions. like this. It's difficult to, <laughs> to find, uh, to quantify that. But yeah. uh, let, let's put it other way. Like, from your experience, like for the from the projects your company has worked on so far, which one would you would you say, and why uh, it has been like uh, the most advanced in applying the concepts of BIM yeah. and BIM processes? Um, so, one, I mean, one at the moment, and again, in my current role, I don't work on projects like construction projects per se. I'm, I'm a so working behind the scenes at a business level, trying to trying to drive adoption and, and work with other departments. But certainly, from what I know at the moment, one of our um, it's called strategic projects. One of our business units. Um, they do generally do the the biggest the biggest stuff, uh, more complex. Um, so they're doing a pri we're building a prison at the moment. Um, uh, and and one of the more advanced clients in this space is is the Ministry of Justice over here. Who are, who are the client, you know, who, who build commission prisons. Um, so they, and that project currently is probably our most advanced from, from, from what I know. We've got um, one we've got, I think, again, the important piece about we've got pretty strong um, and, and pretty good um, information requirements from client side. Uh, we've got fairly good leadership in terms of 
getting the uh, you know the, the the digital piece. One, we need to deliver for the client, but I think the, the project leadership kind of you know they're they're thoroughly behind it, which is which is nice, um, and we've got a good team on there. So they're. Uh, some of some of the stuff they're doing is pretty pretty good. You know, we're, we're um, monitoring safety, health and safety, quality. Um, all, all data's been collected via um, systems on site, so no no paper record keeping, so to speak, in that regards. Um, some of the some of this data has been connected as well um, across the board, monitoring information that's scoped in various delivery plans against actually as it comes into the common data environment solutions um, uh, and some really good outcomes from from right here. So, yeah, so some pretty positive stuff going on there. When you say no paper, you mean uh, is this is here included the drawings as well? So they, they don't use drawings or? No, no. So, yeah. So no, when, I, when I'm talking about sort of quality records and, and raising, uh, you know, uh, Sort of, uh, health and safety methods, all of that sort of stuff is delivered digitally, um, recorded digitally um, via workflows in, in, in various apps and, and tools. Um, at, of course, there's still drawings and probably there's prints of paper drawings, um, but it's, it's, it's also trying to enable the guys and girls on, on site to, to you know, actually be able to access that information from, you know, whether it's a tablet or even a phone maybe um to say going back and forwards to the office so that's that's probably a, a, our next journey um which we're just looking at what a three-year digital strategy looks like for for us at the moment um and things like that would be down the road a bit but certainly on the agenda i understand uh But uh, from your uh, knowledge, are there any projects in United Kingdom that have been built without using any drawings, just <laughs> with the 3D model? Not only not, that your company has worked no, on, yeah, but... no, not, not that I know of, but um, one of, an industry colleague, um, uh, he tells me that there was, I think he worked on a project where that was the, the exact, you know, the, the client said outright, when, I don't want drawings, everyone works from the model. Um, I can't remember exactly where that was, But I don't think it, it wasn't the UK. It was somewhere abroad, um, and that would be an interesting one to work on. One of those, definitely. Yeah, but do you see any value in that? Like, do we need to get there, or we, do we still need drawings? I think I think eventually we will. Um, I think at the moment it would be a yeah, uh, it would be a leap leap too far at the moment um, for for certainly like we said earlier that long tail of the supply chain and you know. Um, But it's absolutely something we should be aiming for. Um, But yeah. you, you as a consultant, like is consulting mostly, right? Uh, your Kier is doing. Uh, no, we're uh, we're a tier one contractor, so so we're a builder essentially. Also, okay, so yeah. you're mostly a builder, not yes, okay, yeah, not, yeah. I misunderstood. Contract. I thought you you are a no, design no, company. I misunderstood no, that. I'm sorry. The, the group's quite quite diverse. So um, primarily, we're a uh, tier one contractor, but there is a design arm to care and facilities management and house builder and other. I work in the construction business, which is a tier one contractor. Yeah, but uh, usually you do you design your projects as well, or you work also in projects where designer is someone else and you build it. Yeah, so, so we're so depending on the procurement route, we'd um, uh, yeah, we, we don't well, there, there is an in house design arm in Kier, but typically, if it's a design and build, we'd typically employ a design team of you know, an architect 
uh, or they'd get novated across from the client side, engineers. Um, so, 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 yeah, I think my, the, the, the majority of our work is design and build. So we, we do manage a design team for uh, the early stages. Um, still some traditional uh, projects where it's a client side design team that you know, we, we'd, we'd be working with. I'm asking this because I, I had uh, someone from, uh, from a contractor in Norway uh, and uh, some uh, something that uh, looked uh, weird and uh, he confessed to me was that uh, even if, like you said, they have their own design team, uh, of course they they don't they use that design team to rebuild the model that the designer is yeah. doing on the project because. Right. The, pro, the the model they are building is not yeah. good enough to use it to build. Yes. Uh, and yeah. uh, they need to, yeah, either to rebuild it completely or to improve it. And yeah. that's, that looks like a, like a bad, uh, uh, yeah, there are more reasons there. It's not only miscommunication because, yeah, yeah if, if the asset owner won't ask you for this, to deliver this, so you yeah. don't do it, right? And but yeah. there is a way where you can cut the costs a lot if Absolutely. you do yeah, it. That, you that, do that, it once. Yeah, that's that's not efficient at all, is it? It's double handling, if not more. <laughs> and and again, that's I think that's one of the going back to our conversation earlier. That is one of the things that uh, the misunderstanding piece. I mean, I've worked some of the projects I've worked on. You, you know, you get the the designers get it mostly, and and people are actually you know they're designing in three D with and the drawings are two D outputs. Uh, quite rightly so, and and any other schedules and documents. But as you as you then go a bit more specialist down the supply chain, then yeah, you, know, you, you when you scratch under the surface, you realise that you, like you've just said, you know, they're designing in two D up to construction stage, but then they know that there's a BIM requirement. So then off the back of that two D design, someone's building a model, and you're like, well, no wonder you you don't get it, and it's not an efficient for you, and you're thinking, oh, it's BIM things rubbish, well. It's kind of missing the point entirely. Yeah, you start the other way around instead. Yeah, it's back to front and, and it's just going to add costs, not drive, drive efficiency and productivity and all, all of the good stuff it should do. Yeah, it's like uh, rinse and repeat, like uh, hit the wall with the head and go uh, get up again, right? But yeah. um, we have actually uh, uh, some buildings here that have been built without drawings. At least this is what uh, okay, asset yeah. owners and constructor companies are uh, talking about uh yeah yeah there there been could be few... the very one my colleague was talking about then it could be no it's not only one and actually it's a tendency and uh, wow. uh yeah yeah uh, they try right now actually in infrastructure i'm working uh, right now on the uh, for the norwegian uh, uh, railroad uh, national agency and yeah. uh, they start uh, they have a project right now where they don't require any drawings and it, that is really interesting. Is the first project is is the first project they they did not require this. They will. I had on the second episode of the podcast the project leader from there, BIM manager, and uh, he said that they will only have few detailed drawings if needed to yeah. understand different aspects. But mainly they are using only this, and it's really it's really nice to see that. So it's doable. It's doable. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. doable. And there's not well, only one company who did that. I think it's been Skanska, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, not on this okay. project, but Skanska has done something. Yeah. IF, Gruppen, Videke, there are more. Yeah. 
Well, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see. It's good to see some case studies on 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 those sort of schemes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there is definitely not a, a dead end there in mm. that direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still, we still um, struggle to use uh, the the like well, like you see like the, is not, the workflow is not ideal yet. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it's still. Uh, not uh, it's starting everything with the contract but it's been yeah. a lot of progress from this point of view as well from the requirements and uh, but we still did not see them yet uh, this uh, the big uh, state agencies here in Norway are are, uh, are coming up with uh, new B manuals and uh, yeah uh, specification uh, requirements yeah. and uh, but they just released it right now uh, okay. It's going to be really interesting to see how how this is going to be applied. But yeah, it's uh, it looks promising, at least yeah. like. And, and, and in Norway, open standards have been embraced for quite quite a long time. I think I think you're probably more mature than the UK in that respect. We hear good things for IFC and and and. I don't know exactly. Uh, I cannot compare. Uh, I know that uh, usually, like I find in my network that. Yeah, people are not so reluctant to share uh, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, how do you work together and are more open to that? I don't yeah. know exactly how it is in UK, uh, but uh, this uh, has helped a little bit. It's a little bit more relaxed here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we don't know. This is the reason I, I, I wanted to have you here to find out more about the UK. I know there is this governmental program you implemented in well, it's been a, for a while back right and it's a lot of uh, interest at least right it's uh, this yeah. is what how i see it outside so that's yeah. why i wanted to find out more from someone who who is doing it yeah well, well so in terms of the the government drive and mandate yeah so i mean it was it, i think it's been criticized since um but you know you have to acknowledge it, it did drive that that you know, if, if nothing else, it drove people into having to get a bit interested in this stuff. Um, so de it is definitely a good thing to do, positive effect. Um, quite honestly, in the UK, probably the, the criticism came in that um, although there was um, a mandate and those central government departments, therefore, you know, under the mandate, had to procure what we used to call BIM Level 2, um, uh, to, you know, you use that framework to procure their information requirements. I think, you know, there, there was nothing to say, well, what if a government department doesn't actually procure it that <laughs> way? What happens then? Uh, and then there was no, there was no um, mechanism um, for, for, for allowing for that. So frustratingly, a practitioner's on the other side of the fence, you know, who's, you know, is playing into, oh, brilliant, you know, we're going to get, we know we're tendering for a project and it's from this department. So, yeah, we should have been required. And you know, either either there, 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 sometimes there wasn't any at all, or it was lit, you know, so blatantly a tick box exercise. You just think, oh, come on. Um, so, and, and again, that's going to happen, isn't it? Um, and I think that, so to be fair, the government departments have been addressing that. There's a there's a public sector working group that's been on ongoing at the moment to help understanding a crocus. Again, it's the same challenges client side, isn't it? You know, there there will be the few initiated that are trying to drive stuff, but the, the, you know the the a whole host of project managers, people responsible for procurement that don't fully get it, and same challenges. But um, and, and I think it's been it's been recognised. And behind the scenes, there's an initiative to get our 
our mandate updated because it's a bit, uh, yeah, quite honestly, 2016. Um, the 1192 UK standards are now being superseded by ISO 9650 under, under a UK BIM framework that we're calling it now. So BIM level two, as a, as a term, has gone. Um, and so, so obviously the mandate needs to be brought up to date to, to reflect the current landscape. Um, uh, so, so that I think that, and that again will be another good drive because there, there is a bit of a, f a feeling um, that you know, oh yeah, there was that mandate in 2016. We don't really have to worry about that too. You know, it's gone a, gone a bit cold. So I think that will really help um, drive the agenda again when that's done. Yeah, it takes time, uh, but uh, yeah, we 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 cannot give up. No. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking uh, like what what if something like what happens right now with the car industry. Like look at Tesla, right? If, yeah. If someone just a big innovator his, comes, yeah. comes along like Tesla, and yeah, uh, wouldn't and that no, be possible? I don't, I, yeah. I don't think that's impossible. If we, no, we don't... it's not. And 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 actually, you hear um, a lot of um, you know, I've heard, I've heard that a number of times from sort of uh, keynote speakers over here. You know, just in that in that space and the digitization and almost yeah, you know, we're we're trying to move to more of a manufacturing construction industry aren't we than, than traditional construction and and that messaging you hear it a lot you know there, there's you know, whether it's an amazon or, or someone like that could quite go well this construction stuff what the hell are they doing we'll come and show them out an hour. <laughs> and, and you can see it happening couldn't you and um, so yeah that's, that's that's one of the many incentives isn't it to, to try and improve ourselves yeah, yeah and improve, <laughs> embrace improve. Uh, better ways of working yeah of course yeah. because we are the ones who are going to suffer the most or yeah. at least the ones of us who do, who don't want to improve themselves yeah and who don't, don't want, to, want to, to to yeah exactly there, there was quite a um it's quite a well-known publication um by a, a guy called mark farmer over here who wrote a government report on on the sort of industry Stating then this all of these reports aren't there the, the Lathams and Egan's over the years um, and the, the strap line was modernize or die which you know it's quite quite a brutal but it does sum it up pretty well doesn't it it packs a punch and, and fundamentally that's what we need to do yeah yeah that's that's so true now because I know you are a contractor mostly actually tell me so uh, about some uh, innovative uh, solutions you are using when building. Uh, are you using robots, drones, or something of this? Are you trying to use? Yeah, so we um, we've trialed a few things, um, uh, and one of, one of the ones that sticks in my mind that's currently I think still being trialed. We've, we've had on another couple of projects as uh, with a, with a startup, and they, they've got a, a, a it looks like a, a like a big big track. I don't know if you remember a big track back in the day, um, a, little, a little robot on wheels, and it's got a got an antenna with a camera on. Uh, or like a laser scanner, um, and it's quite clever. It, um, the one at the moment, it will just you, you can leave it at night or in the construction site when when the uh, when the guys are working, and it will find its way around, navigate around the the, the floor plate. I can't go upstairs at the moment, but I think they're working on that. Yeah, isn't <laughs> uh, this uh, from Scale Robotics from yes, Spain? Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, I wasn't going to say the name, but yeah, Scale Robotics. So yeah, so we've 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 Trialed that on a few sites um, with with some success. So and, and again, yes, yeah, it's, it's continuously scanning the um, the environment it's in, and then that gets fed back up to uh, to, to their sort of software cloud, and, and you can start comparing progress and looking at if you've got a model, you can start you know bring the IFC against the the scan and start to look where there may be some deviation. 
tolerances. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah, it's quite exciting. The guy's really good, actually. Um, it's, it's quite inspiring. Um, so that, what else have we used? I mean, again, quite honestly, I think we've gone, uh, we, we've stuck our toes in the water for some real innovative you know, quite advanced innovation probably, but at the same time, we keep trying to return to the basics and actually just, you know, rather than do, you know, a, a little bit of wonderful innovation over here that's not really going to change the business, let's try and actually just slowly raise the baseline of capabilities across the business. So um, we've had quite quite a lot of success with, um, and again, I don't, I don't really like using names of products, but a product called Holler Builder, um, just for recording, recording site, progress um so again that's a 360 camera uh, quite lightweight well you can use any 360 camera pretty much um but it's, it's an application that syncs to your phone um you quickly move it around each space in the whether it's a building or, or, or wherever in the facility it will take a quick 360 photo but then it'll plot it knows its location because it's talking to your phone the app on your phone um and then and then once it starts building up its um different photos on on their on their website or on the on the app on the, on the on your in your browser and your computer you can you'll then start pinpointing that on a say a PDF floor plan and it's just a really easy quick visual record that you know so the ops director back in the office rather than there's a folder full of these photos and they're clicking through going ah oh, so this is the plant room and you know you can just click around and bang you've got 360 navigator you can see the exact progress for that week. Um, and and again, I, th- I hear when during uh, the, the lockdown and COVID, uh, we were building a number of um, NHS hospitals, uh, sort of emergency hospitals, and that technology apparently was you know absolutely paid dividends because the, the guys were almost every couple of days going around and doing a full 360 scan uh, and progress back to the office and, and decisions being made. So just you know fairly simple things, but really quite um, tangible and, and can really start to improve. Uh, across the business, really good. Yeah, yeah. That did, this this was something yeah really nice to use right now with the uh, with COVID. Uh, I I heard about uh, this kind of I don't know if it's the same product or other yeah. other products, but they used here for inspections for site inspections yes, as well in Norway. Exactly, yeah, it, yeah no, it's been no, brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So so, what else have we done? VR, maybe VR and AR. Yeah, we've uh, not so much AR. I mean, actually, that's that's one of the strands we think on this. Uh, we're we're on the mix of this digital strategy at the moment. We're looking at. Um, I mean, we've been using VR for a number of years um, in the capacity of sort of inclining end user client engagement. Um, you know, which is its strength, isn't it? Um, but you know, you can start pushing that a bit further, can't you? And things, especially with AR as well or mixed realities. You know, you can actually probably. Just, start training people to do certain operations um yeah there's there's a whole a whole scope of things to do there but yeah we've we, we've certainly used it in quite good effect and actually one of the projects i worked on a couple of years ago to which was a sort of a laboratory big big bioscience lab development and we were getting the you know the end users of that facility during the design phase um in four sessions walking around the model and actually with the headset as well um, just simple things like that, just to get a feel for spaces and, and oh, actually, is this corridor a bit thin and, and have I got the working space? Um, so it's really quite powerful for things like that. Um, sure. Yeah. 
drones are something uh, I yes. they started to use here as well, also yeah. for to check the the progress on the project. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, we got we got the um, got the same use. Um, I don't, yeah, we don't use them, but it's not certainly not by default. But you see them more and more. Certainly, like yeah, scan yeah, recording sites, um, brownfield, greenfield sites, and then obviously yeah, for uh, actual progress reporting. That with a mixture of some of those 360 photos can give you a full picture of the site and um, everything else. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. No, they're again quite quite a powerful, powerful development, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we go back to um, to BIM, uh, what do we do? What do we do? How do we raise the the general level? Regarding this in our industry, what can we do? How should we do it? Um, well, I think so. Keep keep the, the 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 language understandable, isn't it? And like I think you've said as well, is the the tricky thing is trying to trying to talk to people in a in a in a language they can pick up and understand, or in in, in a way, isn't it? Without bombarding them with technical jargon, um, that's an easy that's an easy answer though. Um, Interoperability is what well, identified here as one of one of the blockers. Um, you know, it's too hard at the moment in these various software tools to to get good quality IFC, Kobe. You know, it's just there's so much effort that goes into into getting compliant um, standards to then exchange between these between tools. Um, that's that's a blocker and that's that's actually got some funding to to try to start a working group to try and address some of this stuff um there's there's a guy over here who did quite a good blog that was well received tom chap called tom bartley um looking ahead and and i think he one of the things he touches on is you know what all a lot of the stuff that these practitioners are being asked to do in in tools almost you, you almost they shouldn't even be seeing it it should be things that happens in the background you know it just needs to be a simple user interface I, why do i need to know that i need this needs to be mapped into that column to exchange into kobe to go over here to go up. Yeah. um but yeah so so there's definitely an element of i think that yeah the technology needs to be simpler um we need to work out a way where things are the more easily more easily interoperable in the background that's not present to, you know every year yes you need your specialists but the average design you know your typical engineer designer um yeah, whoever it is they shouldn't have to learn this stuff <laughs> um so that's definitely a blocker and that, that could be made easier um i i still think um for me to, to really get drive this stuff and the behaviors and the culture um, contracts and, and procurement has to change. Um, I think it can go so far without that, but until we get proper, uh, you know, really collaborative contracts where this all sort of this, you, you hear of um, um, integrated project uh, I, IPI, sorry, IPI is something that's called integrated project insurance um integrate bank account all, all of that stuff where there's sort of a bit of shared pain and gain um it's not a top-down supply chain it's more more of a horizontal or vertical but yeah, yeah. Uh, that that will really drive uh, the behaviors and the, the proper collaboration and the, the working together um because a lot of the time it seems a little bit of a we talk about it but we don't actually do it yeah 
uh, yeah, like this is so true uh, with conferences. Uh, like, yeah, it's a mission just to to put it there to to show how uh, how good we are. But yeah. uh, we don't focus too much actually. Like the main focus is not that people will understand how maybe they can use this or apply this, yeah. right? So, and yeah. like you said, the jargon, the jargon is something like we really need to be careful about. I, I try as well. I'm doing this mistake as well. Like during this podcast, we, we used many, many yeah, acronyms. Exactly. And we, we, we assume that everybody understands, but we don't yeah. know that. We don't know yeah. that. So yeah, that's why, and especially people that are not so involved with the process, like, like yeah. assets, asset owners, they, you definitely need to be more cautious with that, right? And be very specific. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, that's a, that's, that's an important aspect here, I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But uh, regarding resources, I mean, like if someone, if me, for example, uh, uh, I want to learn more about uh, what are the best resources online, let's say, like you, we could use to raise, to raise our level of under, beam understanding. So, I mean, the one, one for me is uh, the B1M. Yeah, you, you look. Yeah, yeah, they, they are doing a great job. I really admire them. But yeah, just, just, I mean, they've moved into a bit of a different um, level, haven't they, in recent times? But they, they had, uh, yeah, it's just great for construction, isn't it? Getting, getting you know, advertising construction, how, how, what a superb industry it is and built environment. But um, they did a really good series of BIM for Beginners. Um, just simple online, you know, three, four minute videos. It was, you, yeah, you, you found. Um, so, you know, we've always pointed people back to those. Um, ho hopefully the stuff that we're producing under the UK BIM framework, the guidance there um, is, is a really good resource. And again, I'd encourage um, for, for those, those, of, those of you outside the UK to feel, you know, it's free. You can download it. It's free. It's free. Um, the standards are free to download. No, no, no the guidance. So the guidance for the, yeah, yeah, the standard. Yeah, guidance against ISO nine six fifty, and, and of course, there's the um, uh, the UK element of nine six fifty, which is the annex. But but actually, all the guidance we produce, we haven't yet produced guidance against the UK specific part. So actually, you could say it's you know you could it can be treated as international guidance if someone else wanted to uh, refer to it. It should be should be transferable yeah um, but where where can someone find this so uh so the uk bim framework has a website so it's ukbimframework.org um and on there you'll you'll see um standard there's a standards and guidance page and the, the guidance is down there and you can just download it from there awesome. um, at the moment it's it's uh it's about 150 page pdf although it, it, it goes in sections against the standard but that's we're looking at currently moving that so it's an online resource so rather than a downloadable PDF it's a searchable you know web web page effectively so you can go straight to what you need but um, yeah that that's that's a good resource to point point people at I think but is this touching a specific group in the in the chain in the building chain it's like more towards the constructor and the designer or Will uh, asset no. owners uh, be able to understand it no, if they read so, it? Yeah, so, so at the moment, obviously, um, ISO 9650 Part 1 and 2 are, are released, uh, which is the design and construction phase, the capital delivery phase. So the guidance is at the moment being um, written and developed around that. Um, but 
absolutely. You know, as part three, which comes out later this year, uh, which is the operational phase. Yeah, there'll be guidance written against that part five, the security side. Um, yeah, and, and it'll be ongoing. So, so all all parties, all actors in the in the in the in the process should should it should cater for um, as the standard is. Yeah. Uh, there is another thing that uh, I would like you to mention uh, about this uh, speech you are going to hold this week at the BIM and Digital Construction, the Festival of BIM and Digital Construction. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, and that's actually on the same topic. So that's um, myself and uh, three co-authors of the guidance. Um, just so I'm, I'll just do a bit of an introduction to the UK BIM framework, what it is, why, and 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 kind of some of the things we touched on. But then it's going to be each one of those authors has, has um, written a specific piece of guidance from the standards, so they'll just be touching on on some of the pulling out some of the headlines for, from that. Um, so yeah, hopefully it should be it should be an informative. Yeah, definitely. This this uh, the webinars generally like yeah, it's impossible for us to watch everything. But if we if we try to watch uh, some something once in a while, it will definitely uh, help with yes. understanding to to consolidate our our understanding about everything. Right? To yeah. it's it's always nice to see good examples because at least you will get inspired. The least you can do, uh, like most of people get inspired. Absolutely. Usually we get inspired when we see better ways of working, right? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. How can someone can get in contact with you if they want to ask you something about um, so, so social media is probably best. So I'm on um, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, so, so yeah, find me on there, send me a direct message. Um, it's probably personally, um, UK BIM Alliance, if people want to, contact there the only, the only caution i'd say was um is a uk bim alliance um we have our work cut out just trying to cater for the uk market so as much as we would like we you know we're happy to share um the things that are going on abroad we, we're not there to cater for other nations <laughs> in, in the nicest possible way um, yeah well it's building smart doing that job I, yeah I exactly think it's building smart international with chapters everywhere i mean Oh, we have uh, we have had some engagement with some other um, uh, nations in terms of like oh actually you know because there's similar things groups set up I think just called different things aren't they like you know building smarts the consistent piece across the across the um, the nations but there's yeah there's probably a, a UK BIM alliance in another country called something subtly different that's trying to do a similar thing so yeah so it's always good to share that share what what works what doesn't um, across the board isn't it. Yeah. Yeah, well, Andy, it was really nice to have you here. Thank you very much for coming on board and That's for it, sharing you. your experience. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Petru. Look forward to seeing um, other, other forthcoming uh, podcasts as well. Awesome. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Take care.